You have now logged on with Glory Rising, where we discuss God's glory within you. We're so glad you've joined us. And now, your hosts of Glory Rising. And good evening and welcome back. This is your host, Loretta, with Glory Rising Radio. I'm joined here tonight by my best friend, pastor and husband, Roger. And a good friend, Andre, is here with us. And Cindy will be joining us shortly. So say hello, gentlemen. Hello. Hi, gentlemen. All right. It sounds like it's going to be one of those nights here. What did you say? Say hi, gentlemen. talking about some things that some, some people have asked me about. It's like, why does it seem like evil is more prosperous than those who do what's right? Okay. You know, it seems like this world, it seems like, you know, if God's in control, why is evil running rampant? Well, what God said, notice what he just said is running. Everything that used to be good is bad. Everything that's bad is good. I mean, you can even say prayer in church and schools, but you can cuss. You can put up, talk about everything but God. But back when we grew up, we had a morning flag and prayer. And, it, you know, but they don't took God out of it. Now in the courthouses, they, what is it, the Ten Commandments? And they're trying to take that down. You know, I mean... Well, they've gotten it to where now you can't even in government properties, like in front of the courthouse, the anything like that. You can't put up a nativity set. You can't do anything uh, yeah, that yeah. portrays Christ at Christmas time. But you can put everything else up there. I mean, we we see all these things that are going on. It's like, well, you know, where's God? At? You know, what's he doing? Why is he letting why, this happen? Why is all this? Why is all this happening? And you know, and uh, you know, and God is never going to go against our will. Hmm. Choice. Yep. We choose to make this mess. Okay. <clears throat> human re- human beings. The church won't stand up and say, "No, stop this." No, they're too like, "Okay, we will have to comply." No, we don't need to comply. We need to stand up and say, no, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but the minorities, the minority is is telling the majority what we need to do. And you had one lady up in state capitol say, take her out of school. One lady. And it became a law. Mm-hmm. Where was all the millions of Christians? Or that one Christian stand up and say, no. Right. If you would like to join this conversation, we would love to hear from you. And the phone number tonight is 214-431-5032. Again, that's 214-431-5032. Give us your opinions. Tell us what what you're feeling and and what you're thinking. Yes, we're on Facebook Live, and I'm monitoring that at this time, too. So, you know, 
we're, we're seeing all this, and, and people are like, well, you know, you know, you say God is in control. Well, I don't see him in control. It's like, so, well, I can see how some people <clears throat> get frustrated, but we also have to look, even go back to Bible times. There's times that God allowed the Jews to go and do what they wanted to. But he said there's going to, he always sent some sent a prophet and say, Hey, it's time that you gotta quit sinning against God. Well they ignored it and they continued doing whatever they wanted to do. They started serving Baal. Uh, they you know, they started doing what other nations were doing. Worshiping statues. Yep. And so because they started doing this, God had to pull back. He's gifts, he gives us his creation. <clears throat> Free will is like, he tells us what we need to do. It's just like being a parent. We tell our children what they need to do. If they fail to do it, then there's a consequence to it. There's always a consequence. Okay? So it's like, if you want to live this way, then this is a consequence. But that doesn't mean God's still in control. You know, that means he is in control. Mm -hmm. We we only look at it as, you know, all these people out here are getting, you know, you know, all these drug dealers are getting rich, all these people doing wrong are getting rich, and we that we're doing right, we barely scraping by. That's one asked me, uh I mean, I grew up in the neighborhoods. And it seemed like I think we all grew up in the neighborhoods. His head couldn't hold out. Anyway, that uh, you see the neighborhoods now. You go back, it seems like the nice cars and everything are gone to the people that's doing wrong. People out there struggling and everything. Not saying that it, they're not doing right or wrong, but those is, when you mention God, in one ear, and I hate to say this, out the other. Mm -hmm. You go to church, if that got put in. All this money in, put all this money in church, and he's a drug dealer. They welcome him. I, I've seen it. I mean, I've seen it with my own eyes. Mm -hmm. They they work. They, but he barely come in. But when he come in to make up for time, he ain't there. He throws two or three thousand up there. Pastor acknowledge him. Church worshiping, but then that's the same guy that's selling your kids dope. Same guy they're killing you, taking your neighborhood, selling you. In a way, we let it in the church. We let it in the church. It's usually because you know, they're only looking at one thing, finances. Nickels and noses mm -hmm. is what mm, a like lot, I'm, I'm not going to say all. Please don't anybody misunderstand Please. me. It's not all churches, but a lot of churches are more interested in nickels and noses than they are in souls. Mm. Uh, they're not wanting to keep God's standards in, in a lot of places. They, they conform to the world instead of having the world come to be changed to God's ways. And so we see this, and so to get the funds they want, you've got to do what the people want. Mm. So that you keep the people. And then they run it as a, you know, the church as a business where you got to make a profit loss. Okay? And those who support more, you know, get more say. And it's like, it's like, well, this is not the way that God's intended for his kingdom to run. I mean, we see this very clearly. And eventually, 
as we see in the Old Testament, that God warns him, warns him, warns him. Like he do today. And he's trying to warn us today and say, hey, you're going the wrong way. Stop this. Come back to me. And when we say, no, okay, here's the consequences. <clears throat> they were taken into captivity. Uh, you know, they were under a lot of wars. Uh, slavery. Slavery uh, and all this stuff because they would not, they were so stiff-necked, as the Bible puts it, and hard-hearted that they didn't, they didn't want God to tell them what to do. And today, they don't want God, it, it hasn't changed. Mankind hasn't changed. They always want to be their own God. Okay? So as you know, we see the you know, evil prospering, well, who's out there prospering evil? It certainly is not God. But because us. now they're serving Satan and his group, they prosper the evil. Mm -hmm. Because yeah, if we would get serving you know the Lord, we, you know not as, as we serve God. Mm -hmm. God isn't going to take and feed our flesh. He's going to feed our spirit. Mm -hmm. He's not going to give us everything we you want deny because your flesh. Yeah. that's the what the world wants. If God would give people everything He wanted, then He'd be popular. Okay. But then God wouldn't be in control either. Right. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, go. Uh, I was just thinking, uh, just sitting at home looking around, thinking about, man, look at this. After I got through talking with Roger, <coughs> this world, it's, it's, it's sad that I don't have to be a part of this and see this, but I thank God to do because it makes me realize whose side you on. Mm-hmm. Who said you really? I could sit there because I had a good night's sleep. Anyway, you look around and say, "Lord, look at that people." Look, and you you telling him he already know, mm -hmm. and you see all this stuff going on. And then when I heard the pastor say, "When I first opened my church, I only had twenty people, ten people living by the Bible, doing it," and God says, and you know, He said, "But when I started letting these, you know." I was going to say homosexual. All he started letting this stuff in the church. The church grew. Mm -hmm. So I learned then it's not who you turn away, but who you try to save. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, I'm confused. I can't say you're saving them, but if they're not changing their ways, you letting this stuff, you letting this stuff come into your uh, midst. And what about this young man here trying to learn about God? You understand? Mm -hmm. Then he's saying, oh, it's okay for me to be homosexual. It's over for me to to, to smoke, cause they smoke outside the church. Anyway, we let more stuff go okay, mm -hmm. and as he we let everything. Well, they come to church, and what you say, they ain't looking at what they bringing in the church. And, and you know, and I got to some of us. I got my something you don't want to go to church because it's more hell. Excuse me, I'm not cussing, but it's more hell in church than it is out in the world. Mm -hmm. It really is. It's not, huh? Oh, okay. And um, I, I do remember what I was going to say. We were talking about how the unrighteous are prospering. And what I'm finding is the enemy knows what's going to draw our attention. Right. Mm. And we want to satisfy our flesh. And 
how better to do that than with money and cars and clothes and fine houses and everything like that so of course the 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 evil is going to try to prosper and reign over the holy and we just at the at because of that we need to all of us as christians need to buckle down get on our knees and really pray hard and whether we can actually change the way the world is going because we know the end times are drawing near even if we can't change those in or, you know the way things are going we can always stand strong and that's what we need the prayer to do is to stand strong what we doing and what God has put on our hearts me and my big brother here it's our folks to stand up mm-hmm. hit these neighborhoods I got people when I bring up the little idea the more we talk about it the more courage give us, God give for us because guess what if, if we do it he's in it Mm-hmm. It was for his glory. And uh, I feel like when you hear, when you tell people, hey, man, we're going to do this, and when you say the word F-R-E-E, free, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, sir, you you surprise me. People say, hey, man, I can give something. Mm-hmm. What can I do to help? God is trying to reach us to get, if we get together, and our general and our leader is God. How can we fail? If we start standing together, the how can only we fail? the only way we can fail is if we stop listening to God and how God wants things to be That's it. run. So when we start saying, "Oh, God gave me this idea," and we take off with it, but then somewhere down the ro- down the line, we say, "Oh, but you know what? We can turn this into a money making." He already corrected and, that. <laughs> but it's it's. And not I'm not saying that, I'm not saying this about you. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people because our flesh says, "How can I make more money?" And I had to learn to stop worrying about the money. Mm-hmm. How many souls will say? And like, just like when I talked to him, he said, "Write it up. You know the post. Mm-hmm. Do it because if God going to, it's what you said before. If God opened the door, He already prepared what's on the other side." Mm-hmm. Okay, but we came up with this. He just he said, "Will you ride? Will you ride to a neighborhood and God show you things?" He said, "You know his voice, right, right? You know, you feel it." How many times you say you rode to a neighborhood and you say you can feel the sadness or, or the? I mean, you do. Mm-hmm. God saying, "I send you there for a reason. It's not to just or oh, pass through there." Sydney said something to me about Lancaster. I always talk about, oh, I go see the people on the street. Y'all went and fed them under the bridge. Mm-hmm. Y'all went and fed them. And God said, what did you do? You you felt more sympathy than to help them. And, and what I learned from that, instead of complaining, go see what you can do to help them. Mm-hmm. Well, and I know in 2020, I believe it was, may have been last year, 2021, it was 2021. We collected, we helped collect all those tents you to sure take did. out to the homeless. And it was, 
I can't take you into my home, but I can help provide shelter for you. Amen. And, you know, if, if we look at it that way, yeah, I'm not going to solve the world's homeless problem. I can't take everybody into my home. Right. But I can use whatever means I have. To give them shelter. To give them shelter. To give them a little encouragement that somebody is thinking about them. Mm. We care about one another, you know, as human beings. Not that, not your status. Okay, I mean, if you walk down the street and uh, you see somebody that's all dirty and stuff like that, oh, they're homeless. Don't talk to them. Stay away from them. <laughs> <coughs> and you don't even know who they are. You don't know if they just fell down and, and got dirty or at that one time. Yeah. You know, but we, we don't know anything about them, but yet we're immediately judging them. Or maybe they're coming straight from work, and they've got a construction job or something like that where they get dirty. And that's like, well, if they're homeless, they're drug addicts. Well, he he hit the nail on it. We think the worst. Mm -hmm. We do. But see, that's that's what's going on. It's like we're not looking at this as a human being, you know, and find out, you know, the Bible says, you know, you you really can't say much of anything until you walk a mile in their shoes. Well, this one guy, I judged him. He asked for some money. Me and Cindy. They said he was hungry. But he had a beer. I just sent him drink a beer. And he said, brother, this is all I had to drink. And it's what they gave me. I was thirsty. Me? Oh, that's just an excuse. That's probably all he had to drink. But he was hungry. And he said, you don't have to give me no money. Just could you get me something to eat? Okay, I, I didn't do it. I thought he trying to. Did you know God held me responsible for that? Mm-hmm. I felt guilty until I turned around and went and bought him a Wendy's burger fries and gave it to him. I could not leave that neighborhood for some everything. God like pressure. Uh-uh. And this, this is where we've got to get back to listening to God. The Holy Spirit prompts us a lot to do things. And when people cross our paths, it's never an accident. Mm. That's good, right? It's a meeting. Okay, when we walk with God and say, okay, I'm going to follow you, God, if he takes me to this path where it crosses this person's path, there's a reason why we're, our paths are crossing. Hmm. It's an opportunity. Okay, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a, either a training opportunity for me or it's a blessing for that person or both. You know? hmm. But, you know, we, we keep asking, we, you know, seek blessings from God. Where do these blessings come from? Usually other human beings. But if they fail to do what God tells them, God's got to find somebody else to get that blessing to you. But he lets you know you failed. Well, he lets you know. He lets you know you failed. Yeah. He lets you know you fell down. Yeah, okay. I, I like the way. Okay. Not necessarily no, but Yeah, you fell down. But you, you didn't accomplish the mission. Okay. So, yeah, in, in essence, you, when you hear the word fail, people, they, that's a very negative. Okay. Message. Let's say you fall down. Wipe yourself off and make it clean and start over. But God tells us a lot of times, get up and pray. Well, you failed. Well, that person needed that prayer that he was telling you to pray for. Mm. So now he's got to contact somebody else to do the prayer for this person. God, when God gives you a mission, he's got, he, you know, he wants you to do it. But if you fail to do it, 
or won't do it, then he has to find another person to do it. Of course, he already knows all this. He knows how this goes. But the point being is, he's waiting for us to perform what God, what he needs done. And if we're unwilling to, then we miss out on all the blessings. We wonder why God's doing this. And why, why are you struggling? <clears throat> and not necessarily why we're struggling, because the Bible says we're going to struggle. Even if the most, you know, person that's walking the closest to God is going to struggle. Okay. But their attitude is, I don't care if I struggle as long as I walk like God. Mm-hmm. If God takes me through the fire, he's going to take me through the fire. Just because I see fire all around me doesn't mean that it's going to consume me. Yeah, but we're so quick to judge everybody by what we see. Just like I said, I quick and judge them because I've seen a can of beer. He could have water in there. But my perception, if you can go buy a beer, you can go buy I'm just just what I said. I said he can go buy that beer. He, can go. he said, no, sir. He heard me. See, sir, somebody just gave him. I was thirsty. He said, you don't have to give me no money, but could you at least help me get me something to eat? Did you, as I was driving out, Wendy's right here. Cindy, turn up in there. That's what you're doing. I'm getting him something to eat. Instead of me getting upset, I felt like this. Very, very small. That she had the heart enough to go back and feed him. Mm-hmm. These, these are all things that God wants us to have his character. I don't have to trust my eyes. Hmm. I have to trust his words and what he tells me to do. I can look over there and say, no. Why would I do that for him? Uh, uh, you know, and then it's like, but God's like, you don't see what's going on in his heart. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing. Somebody walks up and, 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 you know, I'm sitting there and it's like, man, I'm hungry. And, you know, it's like, well, you go get a job. Okay. Well, and that doesn't do any good for right now. <laughs> that doesn't feed the belly to give him the strength to get, a, to get a job. But think about it. If somebody says they're hungry. And your response is, well, go get a job. You still got to wait on that check. Not only do they have to wait on that check, but what if they haven't eaten in a week? Mm. And their strength is failing. You know, you just don't know what's going on in their physical body. Just like the man with the can of beer that he said, no, they just gave this to me and I was thirsty. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to use the example of... Uh, I can't remember his name, the football player that had drank all those. Cosmo. All those um, monsters. Oh, yeah, I remember And that. then he had nothing to eat before practice. And died. Did he die or did he just he have died. a stroke? He died. Okay. Oh, you're talking about, I know you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So he had he a massive, he had a massive, a massive stroke. stroke. Yep. But if somebody would have taken the time just to say, hey, let me get you something to eat to help offset all the caffeine, all the... Drunk six of them. Yeah. So don't be quick to judge. It's hard. I mean, I struggle with that myself. Don't be quick to judge because you don't know what's going on in that physical body. You know, you and I both, Andre, you and I both know what... We need to stay healthy. We're both diabetics. Yes. And if we were to find ourselves homeless. It would be hard. And somebody were to hand us a beer because we were thirsty. I would take it. And we would drink it. Well, guess what? That's going to make our blood sugar go up and put us in danger. Yeah. So don't. Like you say, 
stop judging and see what God, God like Roger said, God sent you that enough for a reason. Mm -hmm. we, all, we always have to understand that as a Christian, we, we need to be following Christ, okay? Where is he going? Um, if somebody walks up and says, hey, you know, you know I'm out of gas, okay? Um, and it's like, okay, well, where are you? It's like, hmm. so on and so forth. Um, they said, well, can you, help, you know, can you help me with some gas? And I was like, well, where's your car? And you go out there and find out he's got a wife and three kids in the car. Oh, that hurts. On, a, on a, one of those 100-degree days. That that AC they is the only there. thing, you know, keeping them cool. It's like, he wasn't asking for anything other than to be able to provide something for his family. But, you know, if we don't take the time to, you know, sit back and listen to the Lord, then we're going to say, eh, you know, I got my own problems. Well, you know, they have problems too, and you can be the blessing. Matter of fact, I, I, this one guy came up and he says, hey, I, you know, I need to get home, and my car and my truck's out of gas. Is there any way you can help me with any gas? And I was going you know, to tell him, I said, no, but it was, you know, God's like, no. And he said, give him $10. So I, you know, put $10 on the pump for him. And so I was like, okay. You know, so he, he pretty said, thank you, I'll get this back to you. I said, don't worry about it. So I thought that's over with. Two weeks after that, he comes back in the store, <coughs> walks up to me, hands me a $10 bill. And oh, gotcha. I was like, what's this for? You need gas or something? He says, no, don't you remember me? Wow. I was out of the gas, and you put $10 in my tank. I never forgot it. Here's your $10 back. He kept his word. Okay. And it was like, a lot of people are out there just struggling to make it. Mm -hmm. But we assume because they come asking for something that they're going to use it improperly or, or illegally. But we that's not helping people. Okay, that's not, yeah, it's not listening to the Lord to say, hey, what should I do? There are, there are some things God says, don't do it. Okay. And there done okay. it? Because God is telling me, hey, you know, watch what you're doing here. Mm -hmm. So. You remember when you and your wife, uh, that Lawrence Church, when you, everybody gave that family for their kids for Christmas? And I found out with you and Lawrence, all y'all came out where they can have enough for food toys and everything God really disciplined me because I thought the worst you know they left the church for we left and then I see them down on horns anyway I'm like ah he's over in the drug neighborhood well guess what he's waiting on the bus <laughs> well, see this, this is where we gotta get back because this world is, is so full of evil we think everything everybody does is evil and yeah. that's why, you know, they're going to continue to prosper because we as the church aren't doing anything to help them get out. It makes Satan's stronghold even stronger when the church pushes them away. Now the people say, see, they don't want to help. They're, you know, they're supposed mm -hmm. to help people. They're supposed to do this. They're supposed to do that. And it's like, but they don't see the church helping. They see the church over here building nice, big, fancy buildings, fancy cars, 
fancy, and it's like, and then when somebody says, hey, you know, I, I need some food for my family. We don't have it. It's like, you know, well, sorry, you know, but yeah, you got enough to sit there and, you know, drive around in a, a Mercedes or a Jaguar or whatever, but you don't have, you can't help me a little bit with some food. Mm-hmm. Or, and then, you know, and then, the, you know, it's just amazing that that's why the world thinks the way we do. Mm-hmm. Okay. As human beings. It's like they don't see the church getting out. I mean, there, there's, <laughs> there are many churches that are out getting food to people, stuff like this. They have it's time to come out them doors. So it's not all. So, like I said. But, but, the, but the ones that give the stigma, you know, is when, you know, you walk up there and say, hey, you know, uh, is there anything you can do to help? Well, I mean, and they usually go to a lot of small churches because at least most of the, you know, they'll help them you. Will help, but not always. <laughs> but, you know, I'm just saying, You're right. it, it's hard because the body of Christ should be the ones to listen to the Lord and give according to what God says. Mm-hmm. You got, first thing they ask you, are you a member? Yeah. Who do you know? Well, we got to go to break, I know. Okay. Yes. And, you know, these churches that do help out the people in need, they're saying, he's a good Lord, which is our first song, Good Lord, by David Leonard. When I look back, I can see that it's you met my needs every time. details of my life and I can testify
and welcome back that was david Linners with good lord and we would love to have your com your comments on what we've been talking about so far so give us a call at 214-431-5032 and we're going to be continuing this conversation and um you know we're talking about why do why does evil prosper and you know so far we've had a really good discussion about why evil is prospering and we're going to go ahead and continue i mean you know we, we got to get back to you know evil is prospering because the church is backing off and they're not doing what god wants and so now, of course, the only thing that can prosper is Satan is just taking all this and making it more and more his kingdom. You know, God says, I'm going to come back and take it. it. All this is going to be his, and it's whether you're going to be part of his kingdom or part of Satan's kingdom. Wow. Okay. So as we, you know, is it worth giving up your, your soul to get money? Mm-hmm. You know, is it, is it worth... You know, to have a, a nice house right now and miss the mansion in the future. Okay. Mm. What are you planning for? Mm -hmm. I don't care what the world wants. You know, I have I have a focus. You know, when people get focused on something they want, you okay, can't determine from it. No, they. It's like they are going towards that mark. If they want a new car, they're saving every scrap and any penny. You're taking a second job, whatever it is, so I can get that car. Mm -hmm. How many Christians out there got that same feeling about I'm going to give whatever up, get anything out of my way, so I can be with God for eternity, and nothing's going to stop me. But no, everything does. Oh, I'm having financial trouble, so I can't serve you. I can't. I can't. God says, okay, well, I want you to go and help this homeless person. Well, I ain't got any money, God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wouldn't tell you give, give him something if you didn't have it. It's like, well, I need this for my phone bill. I need this for this. And I need that wow. for that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, okay. But what did God say? We've got to get back to listening to God, not trying to put fit God into a formula. Because, you know, as we was talking during, during the song there, you know, how many, you know, how, how, how was it put? Um, uh, I mean, people going to the churches. You could say, go in the church, go in the church, go in the church. Okay. Well, and I was asking while we was off the air because it's, I, I want to know. And like I said, I got, there were no churches back then. But we're now, but today's society is if you belong to a certain church, we'll see if they'll help you, see if they'll do it. <laughs> or, First thing they ask you, what church you go to? It's not about, well, brother, what can I do to help you? Mm -hmm. Well, come on, we'll feed you. And as I was just saying to him, I said, you know, we have to come out behind those walls to reach people instead of hiding behind them. Thank you, Lord. Instead of hiding about them. That's when it becomes a click. When we in the church, we safe. That's a lie. God done proved that. We're going to help the people of our church. That's a lie. Now they are going somewhere else because they helped them. See, everything that we look at the church for, we're not looking for God for. 
We're looking for that church, that building, as he said, to help us. If you look at an unsaved person and they need help, and I'm not saying that churches are the best way to go, but mindset, if you're an unsaved person and you need help, we've been taught growing up, oh, people of the church are going to help you because because the thought is these are christian people they're going to help me so when that person comes to you in a church and says can you help me and that church turns them away they do then it's like christ they they feel in their mentality in their mindset christ has turned me away oh god don't love me god don't love me i'm not good enough to help all these negative things so then that person turns maybe to the drug dealer and he help them the pimp the you know whoever tell them is where you tell to them to say i'm going to give you love i'm going to give you security i'm going to give you money you're not going to have to suffer with no food anymore mm. and we as quote unquote christians are pushing them away. Pushing them out there. Pushing them out there. Now the true Christian who is listening to God and they say, oh sure, come on in, let me help you. Let me get you some clean clothes. Let me feed you. Um, you you need a ride to your home? Let me take you. You know, these are things that are going to draw that unsaved person. You also got to have the unsafe person who's got a mindset they, they need something and not necessarily that's what they need. Okay, well, I'm hungry. Okay, I can understand that. But they say, you know, they got the misconception that, you know, you just go to church and they have to give you something. True. Okay. But now you have to change your mindset because if, if they walk up and say, hey, you know, I need $1,200 for my rent, and the church is like, you ain't got $1,200. Ain't nobody here that got twelve hundred dollars. Well, see, you guys are supposed to help me whenever I'm in need. So there's manipulation going on out there as well. But this is where you gotta listen to God. What does He need? Provide Mm -hmm. what He needs. Mm -hmm. Okay, you need some food. We got that. No, I just want the money. Okay, well, seeing that. Okay, so I mean, there's a lot of things out there, and you know, just because you know, sometimes the church don't have it. Mm-hmm. And because you know, you know, the people are people too. Um, they they're going through things. But you know, the point being is, what does God say to do? You know, we we don't have unlimited resources to say, hey, everybody come here. We'll I'll pay everybody's mortgage this month. Okay. Well, you got multiple millions of dollars because you'll have every every cockroach coming out of the corners to get this. You know. Uh, and, and including the rich people say, well, you pay my mortgage. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't need it. But <laughs> hey, but there, that's what happens a lot when you when you do these different programs. You've got to you got to watch because if people have come and used that, they don't need it. But then they go and sell it on the streets for drugs, or they'll go and do this or that. So there, there's stuff there. But yes, you know, if you come in and there's something you can do, then let's do it. You know, help them out. You know. 
okay, you know, we need a ride somewhere. Yeah, we can do that. We can do whatever is within our means. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, not all the time will everybody have money. Right. No, we don't see it. I've seen it from my own self with him. People walked up. We was up there over Paul's church. The man again. I had a little change. He had a little change. He said, well, i tell you what. He knew he had no car. He said, I can go over there. Right there's Wendy's right there. I'm going to go get him. Y'all supposed to help me. And I looked at Roger. Ain't you a pastor? He said, okay. But you're supposed to help me. You're supposed to give me. What am I going to do with this change? You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> what am I going to do with this change? Got mad at us. And walked off. He went, he he said, Lord, be with him. That's all he said. Mm -hmm. But it's the people have the most perception because he said he was a pastor. And he said, well, I got a little change. They didn't even want that. They didn't. They wanted bills. I mean, this is the world out here. This is the evil that's out there. They tried to manipulate to get what they want. You know, yes, Christians are, are there to help. But this is where we have to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. Hmm. You know, and yeah, we, we need to, to help these people as much as within our means. <clears throat> God's not expecting us to give somebody something we don't have. Right. What we have is what we can offer. Mm -hmm. Nothing more. Okay. That's the maximum we can give is what we have. Right. You know, because we don't know tomorrow whether we live or die. You know, it's, like it's just the way it is. So... If God sends somebody away, it's like, oh, here's what I can do. That's it. Well, I need more than that. Well, then yep. <laughs> you know, if you're not even grateful that you got this, then you're then you would be grateful if I gave you a thousand dollars. So, you know, but evil is out there right in the world and, and then we wonder, you know, Christians bow down and say, oh yeah, I guess they got to do this. <laughs> you know, we need to stand up to our God, okay? He said he'll fight your battles. And that's true. But it's like, you're coming to God's house commanding of God what you want. He is God. He commands of you to repent. Hmm. Who gonna win? <laughs> okay. So... We need to, as Christians, we need to stand up and hold our ground, knowing what the scripture says, and say, okay, you know, you need some help? Well, first, you need to change some of these things in your life. Yes, you need food, and understand that. We can help with some food, or we can help with this. But you need to get your life right if you want the blessings of God. God's blessing us because of our obedience. You want to be blessed because of your disobedience. And then there are Christians out there that are homeless. It's like, it's not they think they did wrong. But this is where we need to listen to God. How many times God done told you don't help them? And you were like, but they need? No. God knows their heart. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's why we need to be obedient, stay close to God. And then he will direct us what to do, what to say. You know, I mean, I went to help this one guy. And it's like, God told him, I said, okay, you know, he needed some money. He said he needed to get some food. So I said, okay. So... I pull five dollars out. I'm getting ready to give it to him, and God says, "Tell him this." I said, "Okay," and and I said, "When I hand it to him, I said, now you said you're going to use this for food. Well, this is money that God is giving you graciously. If you spend it on anything else other than what you just told me, it'll be a curse to you. 
I ain't touching it. What? I said, so you're not going to, you know, what you told me, I was going to give this to you uh, to help you. But if it's not going to where you're telling me it's going, God says it'll be a curse to you because it's God's money, it's not mine. He turned it down? He turned it down. He walked away. He said, I have no part of this. In other words, he wasn't going for food. Right. <laughs> but but you're supposed to give and don't worry about what they do with it. Right. We don't. But God. Oh, okay, okay. It's like, I'm going to give it to him. And God says, but tell him this. I was like, okay. Well, God knew. What he was going to do with that $5. I'd be an obedient. Because God said, give it to him. Then he turns around and tells him this. I don't care. It's like if God told me to give, you know, every cent I have in my, that I have in my bank account. Okay, because God told me to do it. Well, what if they go out and use it for wrong? I not my problem. It's God's resources put into the hands of Christians. That's not the Christians giving to God. It's God gave to the Christians. And he wants us to use it wisely. Y'all remember when the pandemic hit and everything had to shut down and everything? Guess what? Clubs were still going on at night. Guess who got fined? The churches. No, the clubs ended up closing yeah, down. Too. No, some yeah. of them were saying though, they were more hard on the churches because some clubs were rather pay the fine so they could stay open. I seen this on the news, and this one church, uh, yeah, what they tell you, but he said, "Man, y'all ain't going to church at home." This one church guy refused to shut down. He did all the protocols and. They dropped the lawsuit against him. He stood his ground. Stood. It's just what you think. Your God gonna win. I was gonna say God never said it was gonna be easy. <laughs> yeah, but they was on this guy. They even had police in that front of this church, turning people away. So he went out in the back. <laughs> so if you're truly serving God, God makes a way for His people to worship Him. But when He being disobedient to the law of the land. That's what I did. I mm -hmm. told Cindy. Cindy said, but he still, he went behind the church, set up a tent, and had the people spread out in their cars, and they said he couldn't do that. See, what they did is they kept changing it just to make him do something. He, oh. he complied with all the law. Okay. He made oh, you look at he it like that. distancing. He did all this stuff. Uh, and, you know, they were in their cars. Yeah, they were in their cars. And it's like, Having so church. They're, it's like, what did you do wrong? It's just, they wanted him shut down, so they kept changing it on him. So you can't do that. According to them, what he did wrong was he presented the gospel of Christ. Hmm. Which was not wrong. And so, I mean, it's like anything else. As long as everybody did what what they were supposed to according to the he, he said follow all your laws okay mm -hmm. then he's not in violation of that but they want to find him when he did the and car thing he had people in their cars people sit on top and he had the loudspeaker and then he said it was noise pollution and all, they had more reasons to try to shut him down right. so that that goes to show that they were, that was just an attack and that's why he won his cases yeah they dropped everything on mm -hmm. him yeah because they they were exceeding they were being prejudiced against him. Hmm. You know, because they wanted him to shut down and he wouldn't, so that made them mad, so we're gonna make you shut down no matter what. Well, but that was his property and he said, You cannot tell me what to do with my own property. 
And so, you know, then when it goes to court, oh yeah, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. But the point is, is you got to stand your ground and not be pushed around. He stood his ground. Okay. Stood when, his ground. You know, we think we got to submit to everything that somebody in authority has to say. Well, no, because sometimes they have a different agenda. Mm-hmm. But as we as we're looking at, you know, evil is prospering because we're backing down. Hmm. We're not standing up for our rights. Okay, we're not standing up for what God says to do. And it's like, you know, what I do on my private property is none of your business. But it's getting bad now. They are starting to arrest people in some of the religious uh, situations. Because uh, was in Missouri, they couldn't have church. That's not, and they arrest the pastor, the people who went. And Cindy say, did you remember Roger say it's going to get to the point that we have to sneak? People going to be arrested because they want to have serve God? Well, they start finding people. And then, you know, but you got to stand up and, and say, okay, this is not right. You're in violation of my rights to worship as I see fit. Okay? And so... The but, government can tell you that? Huh? The government can make you worship the way they want you to worship? No, they can stop you from worshiping. Oh, you oh okay, okay. Because they think that it, it's a problem or whatever, but they just want to shut you down. Okay? So they make it very hard on, especially Christians. You know, you, you can go out there. You don't hear anybody talking about the Muslims. Don't hear wow. anything about uh, about Buddhists. Uh, you know, they don't Muslims, go on here the though. Muslims have a very strict thing, man. You're an infidel. Cut your head off. And there are there are people out there that do that. that Today? Yeah. There's there was one that's uh, been a few months back. This guy, this lady told this one Muslim guy, you know, got an argument with it. He cut her head off, and because it was his part of his faith, he wasn't sent to jail. They couldn't touch him? But, like I said, okay, okay. I don't have all the details. Wow. But the point being, is that made one day's news. Christian church is, is, is it comes a week-long news. Okay. So, we're seeing the end times coming, but we still need to stand up for, you know, in, instead of letting evil prosper, let's stand up and let's pray against this thing. Mm -hmm. Let's stand up and stay for our rights. And, I mean, because darkness isn't going to be defeated until it gets enough light there. Okay? Until you can shine light in the darkness, the darkness wins. But the mm -hmm. light... The darkness wins as long as you don't shine light in there. Once you shine the light in, then that's what reveals everything. But okay, know, so you know. <laughs> no, no, okay, because somebody might be thinking what I'm thinking. Light, it always wins, but you think darkness wins. See, the if there is no is light, if there's not enough light. The darkness wins. Okay, if we closed off this room, shut it down, and made it pitch black. You light one candle. How much of this room do you see? Just that little light of candle. Now let's put ten people in here with candles. It's gonna light up. Now you're gonna see more of this room. Get a hundred people in this room with candles. It'll be bright like this. Makes a difference. I mean I understand by darkness, but I mean when he said it wins. Yeah, well it wins. I mean the darkness is still overtaking this room, even with one candle. 
Don't mess with you. Yeah, one little spot. Darkness wins in this room. It's the same thing in the world. Okay? We can take one candle. We can be a light right here in this community. We can be a light. I like but that. The world isn't, the darkness in the world isn't going to change anything because of one light. And just think, sin loves the darkness because mm. it can hide. But it's the whole thing is when you get our light, you know, we have a light, somebody else gets a light over here, somebody else over here, then it starts overcoming the darkness. But the more like people that. that are praying, the more people that are serving God, the more people that want to see good going on instead of evil, then we may never see it. In, in, but at one time, God's coming back to take over this world. It's never going to be free of sin. It's never going to be free of darkness until he comes and conquers sin and death and everything for a final time mm -hmm. and get put Satan into the lake of fire. Well, and I mean, he gave the Satan, he gave Satan the dominion over the earth. And so, yeah, it's going to be evil. There's yeah. going to be evil. But God's always going to be right there with us. The whole time. I don't think he's actually given dominion, but he, has, he is called the prince of the power of the air. Because um, so, there's a lot of controversy on whether dominion means he has complete rule. Uh, okay, but, I may have used the wrong word. But but I, mean, I'm, I mean, yeah, I just don't want to, because I'm not sure. But at, he at speaks of, Roger, I can't, there's notes in Revelation where he speaks where the devil's going to, Satan's going to rule for seven years. We don't know the end time. Is it now? Is it happening now? Because it don't say when it's going to happen. But it's going to happen. Only the Father knows when. He said, but, and, and you know, and he make you, you look around. It's like everything is just going. I mean, it's scary. The thing is, okay. you need to go back and read Revelation and when this is that taking place. It's not now. It's, you know, no, I don't know if it's now or it happened seven years ago or no, what. It's, it's not even close to that yet. We're not even started into the judgments yet. Okay. So, I mean, I just, yeah, I mean, you just said yeah. that. But, you know, these, these are things that, you know, Satan is here, and because we allow him to continue to stay in control, we let him stay in control because we don't come against him and against with the word and say, no, I'm not doing this. Well, I have to sin. Well, I'm going to sin every day. We're daughter deep. I'm just a poor servant of God and never can do anything. Oh, I got to submit Quit to what's going on. having the pity party. <laughs> it's over. Like, and that on. word you said, no. It's enough. No more. The thing is, it's like, where's the warriors? I see a bunch Thank of you, Roger. <laughs> but I don't see warriors. You know, woe is me. I'm just but they'll stand up for the devil. But, you know, but the thing is, is that we have, we have God on our side. We can't lose if we stay in obedience to God. Say that again, Roger. People don't think God is on our side. Like, but we he think, said it. You know, we think that, you know, Satan is so strong. You know, people tell me, it's like, you go and you, you go and witness to Satanists and something. Yeah, why? Um, Look who's here. So, we, you know, and I say, well, I'm not afraid of them because God's on my side. If God is with me, who can be against me? I am going to stand up as a warrior for God. And no matter what it takes, I'm going to serve God. 
even if Satan, you know, is, is conquering everything around here right now, I'm going to stand up for God, and I'm going to hold my ground. And that's the only thing I can do is hold my ground. And we can hold the, we can hold our ground better if we do it together, which is our next song. We're going into <laughs> a break. We will be right back. The song is Together by King and Country. <laughs> This is for the question marks This is for the outcast soul Lost control, no one knows Sing it for the can't go back Sing it for the broken past Sing it for the just found out Life is now upside down Together we are bolder, braver, stronger. By King and Country, 
and we have been joined by Cindy. Hello. And uh, yeah, we've been talking about evil prospering, and we are going to continue this discussion. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's good. And so, gentlemen, take it away. <laughs> evil prospering in families. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> It hit your family when would you say it attacked your family? When you think nothing can get you upset, here go to your family, your kids. Well, the, the biggest thing is Satan knows if he can get to the families, he gets to the church. Then he gets to the nations. Okay. He always starts with the families because that's what God calls the perfect union. Husband and wife and their kids. That's a union that God ordains. So if Satan could come in and destroy that, then you know, then you know, there's divorces, there's child abuse, there's all kinds of things going on. And then it gets into the church, and then it destroys the church. And then it goes out into the world, and it's like, okay. So it, it progresses. The basic element of it, it. It's like throwing a pebble in the in the water. It starts out one plop, and then it's ring after ring after ring after it ring is, until it, it gets until it covers the whole the whole pond. So I mean, we got to get back to you know family. We got to get back to number one is serving God with all of our heart as a family, and then as a family, start serving God. Okay. But the thing is, is if you don't individually start serving God, your family's not going to serve God. Okay. Mm-hmm. We all married in here to each other mm-hmm. entertain. How many times you've been at home for no reason? I mean, here to admit this to each other. You get mad for no reason. Your wife can say something, you snap, or vice versa. I'm done being it for no reason, and then you feel like this. Like, why did I yell at her? She just asked me something, and I snapped at her. The devil get pleasure out of that. That's why I had to realize and I said, Cindy, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Because I let him get that look when she said, a little bit. And all she asked me something, baby, you hungry? I was hungry. You know, I just snapped. Mm-hmm. Or, well, what do you want? What do you mean what I want? Attitude. Mm-hmm. People tell me, well, that ain't, that ain't evil. Yes, it is. The thing is, it's got to be very careful because the thoughts are going to come, emotions are going to come, but we've got to stand when they come, we've got to say you know, we got to listen to God hey, don't listen to this don't do this you know, Okay. and then you know, because to obey is better than sacrifice in other words, to, to obey is, in, is a lot better than going back and say, hey, I repent yeah, because I'll see how to look at her face and it hurt her and she asked me once up and I felt like this. Like somebody took a knife and stabbed mm-hmm. me. Because she didn't mean nothing about it. Mm-hmm. She came to see if I was doing And I snapped because I was hurting. But they didn't really take it out on her because I'm hurting. But I did. And this, when she cried, I felt her pain. And Lord, like, she didn't deserve that. And you know how you say, I'm going to make it up? You got to make it up to him first. That's his child. Mm-hmm. And you don't do it. Because <laughs> he'll discipline you. Because all she did is ask one question and mm-hmm. I went off. And we, we 
talked about you know evil prospering. We've talked about the church. Now you know it's like okay, because that's a, that's supposed to be the the core where believers go. Okay, well, you know, the Bible only talks about a church as the people, never the building. You know, the people can be all across. This, you know, you can have the, a church all but, across the world. Yeah, so and it's like go. You know, meeting in somebody's home or talking to somebody over the telephone about the word. You know, but ain't that church? You meet somebody at the house. That's what people call church. What that is, what that really is, is called fellowship. Okay, we can even look at our broadcast. We're putting out the word of God, oh, and good. we reach all these different countries. Are we having church? I look at what you write. But the, now, now we see is like we're using the term having church, but scripturally that. It, we're not having church. We're having fellowship. Fellowship. According to scripture. Church is the body of believers. That's all it is. So we have a church. No, the church is already here. Okay? We are the church. Every believer is a, a part of the church. Okay? Part of his gathering. But we have fellowship when we get together or we call somebody on the phone. We have fellowship with one another. Paul speaks about that very much. He says we need to have fellowship with one another. Not church with one another. Okay, we are the church. How can you have church when you already got the church? But you say we got gathered in the building. If you don't gather in the building, you're going to hell. I was like, no. There's no one scripture that says that I have to gather in the building because the first century church never gathered in buildings. It wasn't until Constantine come and, and put them all in, and gathered them all together in church buildings. Okay, to control them. Well, what the subject uh, I might have to talk about it next week, but you know about revival? He mentioned, well, this pastor, I mean, he had a lot of people call in on him, gave the definition of revival. He said, a revival is not tent, it's not everybody. He says, revival starts in you. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people agree with that. <laughs> he said, how can you have a revival to lay that? How can you have a revival? By yourself. He said, I didn't say by yourself, but it starts with you and God to revive your body, to re mm -hmm. re find out what you need to do, what you need, then you can reach that brother or that sister. A lot of people, they think a revival is a tent meeting, a, a going to the building. Well, Three-day revival, four, he said, well, why you can't have a lifetime revival? <laughs> well, I was going to say, when you think of revival, you have to first, what does it mean to revive? Hmm. You know, if, if, if somebody has had a heart attack and their heart has stopped, them, yeah. and you resuscitate them, you revive them, you're so bringing them back. That's what we're doing to ourselves, right? And that's what we need to do within ourselves. That's what God does within us. Okay, that's what God does within us. He performs that spiritual CPR and revives us and brings us back to the way he wants us to be, not the way we want to be. But we have to be the, that's the vessel that's willing to stay open to that. Yes, and then once we've been revived, we need to take that, rev that revival, that renewed spirit, and say, hey, guess what I've just gone through? And then you share it with the next person, and then that, that person within himself well, gets... How do you get so turned around? 
it's man trying to take something God's doing and making a program out of it. Okay, because because of a revival meeting, Azusa Street revival. You know, a group of people got together to pray because God was convicting their hearts about them not living right. So they got together to pray. And so when they got together to pray, and they and they, they kept praying, and kept praying, that all of a sudden God came upon them with great power, which then started this entire you know then started people like seeing them and it was like wow what's happening to you and they they started coming and wanted to be part of this and they wanted to come be part of this and so they did and God was doing mighty miracles so it has to be in a meeting of some kind. No, it was just a group of people who got together to pray. For them to get straight with God. And God poured out His Spirit so much that people all around were attracted to it. And they started coming to this place. Okay? And they said there was a one there was one instance where the fire department came and was trying to get everybody out of the building. They said, What's wrong? The fire he said the, the building's on fire. They saw, they saw flames above the building, but there was no fire. What? The Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit was there. And, and that brought them to their knees to about to serve God. <laughs> but, I mean, you can read, you, you know, you can go and find out about that. You can Google it and stuff and read about the Zeus Street Revival, uh, stuff like this. But wow. then people say, well, this is how it's got to be. So let's pattern this. Not just, hey, let's see what started this. This started was, you know, one older lady really sick and tired of her sin getting before God. And others that were saying, yeah, we need to get right with God. And they spent time in prayer for God to change them. And they just wanted them to be changed. And God says, because of this, uh, I can do this. You know? And so, you know, it's just man trying to imitate something they've seen before and, and trying to get the same results. But they didn't get the core thing. The core was they, I mean, they spent time in prayer and fasting. And it's like they really wanted to change so bad that they were willing to sacrifice food, they were willing to sacrifice time, or sacrifice anything to get it. Today, we don't want to sacrifice nothing, but we want to get something different. We want everything for nothing. And so, I mean, well, I mean, I know, uh, a few people I know that are listening, and that we were talking about revival, having a revival. So, do y'all ever have a revival? And I said, well, we had one back at, at one time at the Green Church uh, with Brother Robinson, but like I told him, I said, if my grandmother, my mom, had started reading, revivals in you, mm -hmm. churches in you. Well, so why do people go to church? Why do people do I said, you have to get that answer for yourself. Because we all going to get different answers, but we're going to get the same results. And everybody goes to a building for a different reason. Yeah, I like, yeah, you're right. Why I might be going to a church building, maybe just because I don't want to be alone. You might be going because oh i want to play the drums right roger might be going because he wants to preach cindy might be going because she wants to serve food 
Yeah. So everybody goes for a different reason. Right. Now, none of the things I mentioned were, I want to go to this church building because I want to get closer to God. I want to. I want to be able good, to really. go to the altar and just spend time with God. Go ahead, and you have good. So, that's what I was going to say. They're all going for the wrong reason. <laughs> this should be going for to revive yourself with God mm-hmm. and to be around people. They're reviving themselves that you can learn and fellowship together about God and His glory. Go ahead, Miss mm-hmm. Sandy. Yeah. <laughs> Revival is, is, you know, everybody says, well, you know, this is the time of revival. Yeah, start it. <laughs> he told me that once I said, man, we need to have a revival. Go ahead. He said, I'm having one already. Go ahead. The young guy, Johnny, who's at your app. Roger said, you all excited? Do it. And he mm-hmm. like, I got to go talk to my mentor. Oh, you got to be a mentor. <laughs> He said, I'm, I'm just saying, this, now we wonder why evil's in control. Mm-hmm. Revivals are something, you know, when people get so sick and tired of the mediocre that they want something better. To spark them up. And to start a new flame in them. Right. Okay? We lost our first love, what the Bible calls it. You know, we, we're not excited about God. We're not excited about uh, being in His presence. We're not excited about, you know, doing things for Him. We're not excited about going out and talking to people about it. Well, that's our first love we just lost. You know, we just, it doesn't seem. And that marriages lose their first love. All of a sudden, all that, you know, hmm. puppy love. Or the marriage, honeymoon phase is over. Yeah. It's like now you're into the reality back that, okay, you're living together. And then you, you don't remember what brought you together. Okay, you just now oh. exist. Okay. So, you know. Of course, evil is going to continue to prosper because we're not getting right. We're not keeping our families where they need to be. You know, we want to mix the world with God, and God says, I don't mix. Right? I am who I am, and that's the way it's going to be. Can I share with them what we, me and you? We, I told Cindy, I said, you know, well, while I fell in love with you, I see sometime every now and then. And she said, oh, yeah? She said, she said the same thing about me. Sometimes to to know why I love her so much, I went back why I fell in love with her, and I can see what I fell in love uh, eight twenty years ago. I can see it today mm-hmm. in her. These little bitty things, it's the little things that I said. That's why I love you. Like when I see a fix of her, or do just I look at her sometimes and realize why I love her so much, and it takes that because. That's what we be together. I made her a promise 15 years ago, we'll never be homeless and I'll never leave you again because I love you. Mm-hmm. You ain't got to have to do no specialty. You ain't no miss. I used to call it Farrah Fawcett, okay? <laughs> I did. <laughs> but that's my Farrah Fawcett. That would be Christian last about. But that's my love. Mm-hmm. And I can see when y'all look at each other, he was so excited I didn't, about you taking you out for dinner. You're like a little kid. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm taking my wife to dinner. You know, uh-huh. he was looking forward to it. That's love. Well, and I know that, and he might have been looking forward to taking me out to dinner. But on Friday afternoons, I only work a half day for the most part. So, a lot of times, Friday afternoons and Wednesdays 
or Thursdays, because Wednesdays and Thursdays are his day off, mm-hmm. and I get off at noon on Fridays, and he'll be waiting up just so he can spend, even if it's 15 oh, minutes sweet. with me, <laughs> or to try to have a meal with me. And That's love. That's love. Yes, and, it is. And for me to say, hey, I'm going straight home, because I want to have dinner with my husband. Amen. You know, and if I can't come straight home, I let him know. So it's like, unfortunately, I have to do this after work. Or I know tonight. I'll be on the phone. My wife's calling. Click. <laughs> <laughs> my wife's but on the phone. Click. <laughs> saying all this, we're saying this is the kind of love we should find the things that God has done for us. Yeah. And do you fall back in love with God? Yeah. Thank you, baby. And this is and that's exactly true. We've got to get back to understanding why did we come to God in the first place? Okay? Why do why do we why do what drew me to God to begin with? <laughs> yeah. Let's get back to understanding this and that way we'll we'll get to the place that, you know, we can say, Yeah, I want that. You know, I wanna get back to that's it. the, get the back. way, you know, <laughs> it felt when you went to share the gospel. Or you went to the altar, it's like, man, it was always just so awesome to go there and just talk with God, mm-hmm. just sense his presence, mm-hmm. uh, and so on. And today it's like, oh, well, you know. I got to pray. Okay, pray. Okay. I got to read the Bible. Yeah. Now it's all I got to's instead mm-hmm. of, you never had to tell me you got to. I was already doing it. <laughs> and I was like, forget it. You know, hey, uh, I don't have to, but man, I definitely want to. Well, I wanted to say... It says before we were put in the womb, God knew us. So that means we knew God too. Hmm. Even though we might have, you know, not been made, you know, formed in the womb yet, God said He knew us before He made us in the womb. So we want to cling back to Him. And and you have to realize when you do try to get close to God, the enemy is always trying to stop you, making this wrong, that wrong, car breakdown, this, that, anything. He's always going to do what he can to stop you and if he's trying to stop you then that, you know that you're doing something good when he tries to stop you well you know I I draw a lot from my job and yes I may complain about it while I'm there and I have to Lord I'm sorry because you gave me this job and this has been one of those weeks at work that I've just struggled I, I've been tired all week I haven't wanted to get up I haven't wanted to go to work and had I given in to my flesh, I would have missed out on some wonderful things happening this, this week. I had a couple that came in. They were getting ready to celebrate their 73rd anniversary. Wow. And when I watched them walk down the hall together, hand in hand, and I mean, he was just, oh, let me get that for you. and. <laughs> these these are people that are in their late 80s, early 90s. Right. And just so much in love. And it's like, this is the kind of love that God has for us that we need to have for him. Hmm. You know, this is a pure love that has withstood the fires. You know, they have withstood every bad thing that could probably be be brought up against a, a couple. And then what we just said the other day, all the stuff we've been through, and we're still in there. I mean, I heard some things about with y'all group. I mean, since y'all been, he told me some things. You and Mr. Rell, man, we'll, yes. 
put you, you hung in there. So. so, I mean, that's, you know, it's always good, you know, for, you know, I do marriage counseling. The first thing I said, tell me how you met. Mm. What drew you to the, the, your partner? You know, get back to getting them thinking, not on their problem. But why? Why did you guys get out <laughs> in the first place? Uh, and sometimes you do that with God. Like, why, you know, now it's just a religion, you know, instead of the religion. That's scary there. But the world has changed it. Now we've got TV, we've got all this stuff that's entertainment that pulls us away from having quiet time. Spending time together is, is sitting in front of the TV watching TV. Well, you got kids to ask you, what did y'all do when they didn't have TV? As a kid, I asked them the same question to my grandma. What do y'all? God always provided. Mm-hmm. Even though they didn't have air conditioning central there, but they was cool at night. Maybe how did I mean, you think about through time, as he said, God is always preparing us for what's to come. Mm-hmm. Because I have my, what did you ever say? Did y'all have TV back then? When I showed them the <laughs> elementary school I went to. Uh-huh. Papa, are you that old? <laughs> it was an old building. Uh-huh. But we was kids. Then y'all ask those same questions? God, God, well, well, what did y'all do? What do you mean what we do? I just heard mama, grandma say we just, we got a color TV. To have a color TV, you was rich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just all the things we've been through. I can't imagine walking a mile to go get some water and bring it back home. My grandmother We did. would be very thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all these things, you know, we've progressed enough where now it, all these things were invented to bring uh, comfort, comfort, ease, you know. Well, and, and which is, there's nothing wrong with that, but then when it becomes now that we can't survive without it. If all of a sudden we lose power, people would not know what to do with themselves. No, what I was thinking, you know, when the gas went up, and I said, what would we do if all of a sudden there was no gas? What would we do? What would my, my grandma say? We had fireplaces. We could cook, cook, watch, you know, black stoves. We did everything right there in the mm-hmm. living room. Well, I mean, the, the thing is, is people are not prepared for, we are so used to the comforts. You know, uh, what if you, what if all of a sudden, Google doesn't exist anymore. We actually have to go to the library to find out information. Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't know you cooked biscuits on top of the stove back then. Cornbread. My mama said, boy, we didn't have no oven. <laughs> but, I mean, getting back to the, the, what we're yeah. talking about here, yeah, we can see all these things. But we need to get back to, you know, let's take the good parts of the past and remember them and never forget and keep living on especially like for God what did he do that brought you you know when you came to him what did he do for you you know how did you know how did you feel okay this is where revival is going to come back okay it's not going to be because somebody puts on has a good speaker there and makes everybody makes you all feel good and all come on up the altar blah 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 and it's like you know Okay, we come up, we feel good, all goody. Oh, we had a hundred people here give their life back to the Lord, and they go out and live the same way they did when but they you, came in. You, so you don't buy people don't know why they came to God. Some people don't, I can't remember. Well, it's because they, they did a tradition, not necessarily there was a change. 
There's no okay, change. Okay, okay, okay. That was the biggest thing I'm looking for. It's like, tell me about when, when you came up. Well, let's see. I think I was like nine. Yep, I think. Yeah. And uh, I said, you have to reach down in your own heart and find God for yourself. Nobody else can like, find him for you. I said, so you haven't met God yet? Well, they get yeah. offended from that, boy. But you say that. If, you, if, if, if it's been a special life-changing event where you chase to serve God, you know, with all your heart, there's going to be a point you can go back and put your finger right on it. It's this time, it was this time of day. You can remember that yeah. day. I can remember the first time I met my wife. Wow. <laughs> I remember the very first day I met her. Let's see if your memories are as good as mine are. Okay. We were at summer camp, and I was sitting out next to the lake very upset because my sponsor had not told me I needed to bring my uh, uniform and he came over and started talking to me asked me what was wrong oh man <laughs> and then by the end of camp his best friend came up to him and says you see that girl over there and pointed at me it says, I bet if you get on your knees, you're still going to be taller than she is. <laughs> we laughed. Why don't you laugh? Yeah. And so he says, okay. And he got down on his knees. He told me his friend challenged him to this. And I was one inch taller than he was. All right, Miss Loretta. <laughs> I was one inch. But, you know, these things you don't forget. No, you don't. When it's a special, something special in your life, you don't forget. So, so you can't say, I can't remember why, when, you can't remember the details of the day. Did you really accept Christ or did you oh, just have the emotions? Okay. And that's so, you know, people say, well, you're saying I'm not saved. I said, I ask you a question and you can't give me an answer. I can tell you every detail. I can tell you, I can tell you everything about that day. I can tell you everything about the day I met my wife. Okay, you know, and it's been years, a couple of them. <laughs> Don't let him kid you, it's only been about 30 days. Yeah. No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I say you have a revival because you go away from, from God and the things that you know that you, that you gave your life to God, just like I can remember when I went to with my first marriage and I went through a lot of things and I gave my life to God and I was just praising God that I was there but then I kind of you grow away and then when I went through the chemo and I was sitting in front of the, I tell the story before I sat in front we have a big bathroom with a like a jacuzzi tub in there and I couldn't get out of it I had to crawl over it because I couldn't walk and sit on a towel and I looked in the mirror big old mirrors around and I saw I was bald headed and my teeth were all messed up and I said Lord, and you said, you don't, God doesn't put you through things like that for a reason. But I said, Lord, I'm so sorry for whatever it is, what it did. And then it really changed my, my life to know how much he loved me because he pulled me out of all of that. She said she had to really repent. Mm -hmm. And God seen her heart and he healed her. And for our listeners out there, these are experiences that, that we're sharing from our heart that if you can't, if you say, well, you know, I was baptized as a baby, or you were this or you were that, but yet you never, you can't really put your finger on a conversion time where you actually said, you know, you've seen God change you. Mm. It meant so much to you. It wasn't that you got your little certificate 
Well, he's starting another subject because there's two kinds of baptism. Okay. Well, he, he lets you know who he is, and you really know who he is. And, and, there, are, and there are kids that, that truly, they, they come to a knowledge of Christ, and they can tell you all about it. Kids? Yeah. Kids, yes. Because they, they hear it, they, they get so open to God that they want, they want to change. And God comes in and meets them. It doesn't matter our age. Once you come to a place that you can understand right from wrong, mm-hmm. God can change you and say, okay, now this is what you need, you know, you want to come follow me? This is what you need to confess. And you can't lie no more, you can't do this, can't, and God will show you. So there are kids that are sometimes more wiser than some adults in a lot of things because they're staying close to God. Mm-hmm. But if No, I was going to say it's time to go to our last break of the evening. And this is Icy Grace by Micah Tyler. So we will be right back. Hang in there. I've seen shame, the kind that comes from mistakes, the kind that won't go away. When I turned around, they there to remind me I've seen regret the kind that messes with your hair the failures and the can't forget but standing here now I'm thinking God it's behind me cause I've seen nail scarred hands reach out and wipe it all away yeah now I see grace What you did on the cross And he's right cause I don't But you did it anyway I see grace
cannot deny. You're the fire that makes me come alive. The love that I can't hide is burning deep inside. Wherever I go, wherever I go, I've got that good feeling kicking me out of my chair, dancing like I don't care. Welcome back. That was um, I See Grace by Micah Tyler and Good Feeling by Austin French. Yes. We have been discussing tonight why evil prevails. And we've just had a good time, good discussion tonight. So let's continue on. I know Roger started talking about, before we went on break, um, when did you know the life-changing event that you knew you gave your life to the Lord and he was talking about at eight years old well he was giving my testimonies what he was doing mm. at eight years old we had moved to a new town we were going to a new church and my mom was like we're gonna join the church do you want to join the church with us and 
you know, being a child, I didn't, didn't think about things like that. I was like, well, of course I'm going to go to the church with you. Um, but she says, you know, you have to give your life to the Lord. Okay. <laughs> and I did. I mean, I didn't fully understand what I was doing, honestly. But I said, okay. And I was raised in church, so I, I'm going to say I was really never a bad person. I never got into drugs, never smoked, drank a little bit, but not enough to say, hey, I'm, I'm an alcoholic. There was none of that. And then I got away from God. And sorry, dear, I'm going to have to say it this way. It was Roger's influence. He was not raised in church. And so I stopped going. I stopped having that fellowship and that communion. And when he went to Europe on a remote assignment, he came to know the Lord. And when he got back, it's like, it's not going to last. <coughs> I, dead serious, it's not going to last. Well, because of his faith and his prayers, mm-hmm. and it started out a little bit of pride on my part where it was like, I know more than you do. I know more than you do. And I would make a statement or ask a question, and he'd say, well, it's right here. Well, it's right here, and he'd show me the Bible. And I'm like, okay. Well, one night I was in bed, and we'd been to chapel, and I was in my sleep, and I'd gone. It looked like, to me, it looked like it was probably a confessional. I don't even, I've never seen a confessional, but anyway, it's like, do you know me? Well, of course I know you. No. Do you know me? Wow. Of course I know who you are. And he says, do you, kind of like Peter, do you love me? Mm-hmm. Instead of his, do you love me? It's like, do you know me? Do you know what I've done for you? And it's like, well, I guess really no. He says, do you want to? And that was the conversion of my life. Amen. It's just that simple. Do you know me? Do you want to? And it's not a matter of, oh, you have to. It's like, do you want to know me? Wow. Just like, I have a choice. Do I want to know you, Cindy? Do I want to know you, Andre? I have the choice to say, I don't want to know you. I don't want to know anything about you. Or I can say, yes, I want to know you. Mm. So... I was not planning on giving my testimony, but there it is. <laughs> well, Someone out there needs to hear it. And the thing is, is this is where it all goes back to start. Mm-hmm. You know, we started out here in the broad spectrum. We brought it into families. Now we're bringing it into individuals. Okay, and this is this is the important part. You know, you think, well, this one's important out here. No, where we're at right now is us inside mm-hmm. of us. You know. Can we, can we get back to that? For for some that have walked away, it's like, you know, you had the experience. You can go back and brings a smile on your face when you talk about it. But now you kind of off in left field. Well, God still says you can still come home. You can get back to to that, mm-hmm. and let God do a reviving in you, revive you back but to where you. Yeah, it, to get back to where you were mm-hmm. and that God be, was your center point. Not that now the church is your center point or the pastor is the center point, but God is your center point. 
and that everything your decisions you make is from God. And then, you know, because you can fellowship with a person on the street. You know, God says we're two or more gathered. I'm there. So it's like you don't have to be in this building. You don't have to be under this pastor. You know, but you can. You that's where it starts. You make the change in you. Okay, you accept the responsibility of of your sin and confess it. And now you'll start to see changes in your life. I just wanted to say, kind of like the story of the prodigal son. Y'all can kind of help me with this a little bit. Uh, he left and took all his riches from his dad, his inheritance, and left. And he went off and squandered it off. Well, one day he came home and he couldn't even afford to eat, dress, or anything. He was going to try to even work, I think, for the like the maids and the his helpers father, in the field and stuff. And his dad seen him coming in the field. And his dad was so happy, and he ran out to him, put his arms around him, just lavished him, put him in the best robe. That's what God's going to do you. God's so happy when you come back to him. But that's where you, when you come back to realize who he is, then he's going to run to you. He's not going to make you come all the way back. He, as you're on that, that, that journey to get back, God, I know I've failed here. No, he's going to come to you and say, I've been waiting for you. And I'm not going to make you my slave. I'm going to put you back into position as my son. Okay. And so these things here, you know, we're we're doing a lot of things to reach out to communities and things like this to get out the truth. You know, we're, you know, trying to go to different communities. Uh, We just, just, uh, we call it a a Glory Rising Radio Community Project. Freefall. Okay. So we're going to be getting getting out now. We've already been to a Tadlock Park. We had one uh, was it last week or you know, the thirteenth. The thirteenth. This next month we'll be uh, picking another location, and we're going to be going out there and just bringing people in, letting kind of do like we're doing on the show. We're going to sit and talk about an issue. Everybody can put their inputs in. We get to sit and talk about these things and help clarify points that people don't understand or never been taught and uh, so you know this is where God wants us to get back to and then we can join together as the body of Christ okay I'm going to cut you off I need a, a bag over there please okay. yeah, just one of them bags out of there please yeah. so you know these are these are things to you know that we got coming up but let's everybody get to the place of um, that we come to our revival of us, and then we can go from there. All right. So, you know, that's why I just wanted to encourage you on. I know it's getting time to us for it to to wind down. So, but I just wanted to encourage you that you're not so far gone that God can't find you. He already knows where you're at. You just need to walk out, and He'll take it from there. So I'll let the next person share. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I love the story about the prodigal son. I love the story about the prodigal son. <clears throat> and just remember that God has never left you. You left him. Yeah. And he'll be happy for you. He'll, he will run to you to see you coming. And... That's why I like to say about that. He always is waiting on. He's always waited on me and let me know who he is, and he wants to know. He wants your love. That's what God wants. He wants you to love him, him as much as he loves us. Yeah. 
this has been an incredible night good discussions and I know that for myself you know don't think you're so far gone that God could never love you never take you back like I said earlier I was raised in a church you know going going to church as we call church going to church um, I knew the Lord I served the Lord and then I got away from him and I came back to the Lord willingly excited and that excitement started fading when the enemy tried to say but look you turned your back once you're going to do it again you're not good enough to come back to God all these things that, that the enemy tries to put in my head but trust me God wants you back and nothing you've done is going to keep him away from you and going to cause him to turn his back on you all you have to do is say yes I want to know you I and want to serve you that is true and um, we do have a phone line if you want to call in and you need some help or need to need to talk to somebody um, Cindy what's the phone number 682 319-4846-682-319-4846. Yeah, that's, you can get a hold of us for just about anything there. Usually uh, Cindy or Andre will, will usually be answering the phones there. Uh, so, uh, but anyway, that way if and you... you can if you, leave a message if they don't answer the right. phone. I'll get back to you, right back to you. All right. How are you doing our show? Oh, hey, Remy. Hello. How are you? Hi. Welcome so, to visitor. Right, Hi. No, I do my I do my show in here. Yep. So all right. are you all done? Right. No, we're still on online. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we yeah, we got all kinds of folks come dropping by today. So all right. Um let's go ahead and we're gonna go ahead and say our good nights. We will be back next Friday night from six PM to eight PM Central Time. Uh, 